Hey, this is Sid. And Elijah Laz for short. Of Run That Back. With an analysis of film, music, and all other forms of media from an enthusiast's point of view. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Run That Back podcast, and we are continuing on with our Black History Month episodes, and this week we are going to be discussing the 2018 release, If Bill Street Could Talk, by Barry Jenkins, which is um, an adaptation of the James Baldwin novel of the same name. In early 1970s Harlem, daughter and wife-to-be, Tish vividly recalls the passion, respect, and trust that has connected her and her artist fiancé, Alonzo Hunt, who goes by the nickname Fonny. Friends since childhood, the devoted couple dream of a future together, but their plans are derailed when Fonny is arrested for a crime he did not commit. Yes. So like I mentioned, this is a film that is adapted from the James Baldwin work um, of the same name. I actually have not read the James Baldwin book, which, you know, I'm kind of ashamed to say because I actually really love James Baldwin. I've watched like a lot of his interviews and like lectures Mm -hmm. that he's given, but I've actually never read a James Baldwin novel. Um, Yeah, I've yet to read one either. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this might, but I I hear this is a short read. And um, now that I've seen the film, um, because this was actually my first time seeing the film all the way through. I've tried to watch it a couple times and like, oh, okay, okay, didn't land, but this it wasn't time, hit in the first few times. Yeah, but no, I watched <laughs> it this time and I was like, okay, I'm glad I, I finished this film because I, I did actually yeah. enjoy it. Um, but I definitely think that, um, because it is adapted from a book, I definitely want to check the book out. Um, because I do feel like, uh, even though I've not read the book, I feel like they definitely I could sense that there were some things that were just left out um and so I just want some more nuance um especially with characters like I felt like characters weren't as nuanced as I wanted them to be and I feel like the book is definitely going to give those nuances um so yeah definitely want character check. development yeah yeah definitely want to read the book for that reason um but anyways thoughts on this film Yes, I think this film is beautifully shot. That's always what draws me in is especially if it's a period piece and I can, you know, feel the air, the change in air. So I immediately was transported to the 70s. Cinematography is beautiful. And um, the storyline was very like heartbreaking for me, Um, but it was very, very much so a portrait of America. Um, It was really interesting the the you know quote-unquote bastard child her having a child out of wedlock Mm -hmm. um and that being such a big thing which is very common in the black community but you those reactions that you see some people are just like hey a baby is a baby Mm -hmm. and other people are like you whore you know it's very either or (laughs) yeah yeah so it was really interesting um to know that the that that is you know deeply embedded like those reactions are deeply embedded um in our culture um as well as the imprisonment of black men and how you can be wrongfully accused and how that like so disrupts Mm -hmm. the black family Mm -hmm. as well as you know the life that there is there so the the commentary on that uh which is very you know pertinent for this time yeah absolutely um sorry i forgot to mention who this film is like starring and so i mentioned that it's you know directed by barry jenkins he also adapted the book so he wrote it as well um but it's starring stephen james kiki lane regina king um tiana paris coleman domingo um brian tyree henry finn Whit- whitrock 
Anjanu Ellis, Diego Luna, and Michael Beach. Um, but yeah, so I think you bring up some good points about, I mean, if you know anything about James Baldwin, James Baldwin is very much a writer of the Black experience, um, similar to like Toni Morrison, Zora Neale Hurston. Um, they're writing very much centers Blackness. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, we get that very much in this film. Um, and, you know, there is that dynamic of like the respectable Black families and then like the people who are, you know, not so uppity. Um, and so we definitely see that right. dynamic between Fani's family and and Tish's family, which is our two main characters. You know, Tish does have a baby out of wedlock. And so that's kind of like the big deal that's going on in this film um, in tandem with the fact that Fani has been accused of raping a woman. Um, and, you know, we're trying to figure out if that is true or not as the film plays out. Um, but this film actually opens up with a quote and I just wanted to read the quote because I thought it was really interesting um and absolutely you know I don't feel like it was as pertinent to the film though as I would like would have liked it to have been but I'll really? read the quote and then we'll discuss okay um, sure Bill Street is a street in New Orleans where my father where Louis Armstrong and the jazz were born every black person in America was born on Bill Street born in the black neighborhood of some American city whether in Jackson, Mississippi, or in Harlem, New York. Beale Street is our legacy. The novel deals with the impossibility and the possibility, the absolute necessity to give expression to the le this legacy. Beale Street is a loud street. It is left to the reader to discern a meaning in the beating of the drums, James Baldwin. So that was like a quote from James Baldwin about what Beale Street is. Um, and I agree, like I, I definitely agree with that <laughs> sentiment. You know, he's saying like Bill Street is like that, that street that you grow up on that you just, you know, reminds you of home that is home and you know the different things about that street about that neighborhood that makes you feel secure. Um, and me saying, you know, the, the film opening up with that when I watched the film I was like, hmm, I don't necessarily feel like we get a sense of what Beale Street is in the film because I feel like this is a character piece. I don't necessarily think it's a piece of, well, the film. I feel like the film made it more about like the issues that were going on with the characters and not necessarily like what Bill Street was and like the neighborhood and the area. Well, I found it very metaphorical because mm, he said okay. the quote also included that it was any black neighborhood in America. Yes. And to me, uh, it was very much a look inside of um, a very common, uh, occurrence within our community like we're mm -hmm. saying like kids out of wedlock split families like sometimes the father is in jail and everything mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. so I took it more so as a look inside of that family dynamic and the okay. community like they all rallied for him and they worked together um to try to fund you know the defense lawyer and everything that had to go on in order to prove his innocence and so to me it was like I said already given the stereotypes of like the one family that is more looser and more accepting mm -hmm. and then the very uppity church-based family that's like uh -uh, uh -uh, you know yeah. about having uh you know a child come out without marriage and everything so to me it was more so about um the metaphor of Bill Street and it's very 
interesting to say if Bill Street could talk um, since it is in New Orleans and we all know that, you know, voodoo and spirits mm-hmm. are very prevalent there. Yeah. So to me, it was more so about the spirits speaking, like okay. if those spirits, if the street could talk, like what it's heard, the spirits, you know, mm. the experiences that are passed down and carried on and okay. everything. So to me, it like correlated. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can I can rock with that. I can rock yeah. with that. I think God is maybe being a little bit more literal. I, not even that. I just oh, okay. I just feel like I wanted to see the more physical aspect of like the Bill Street, the culture, and all that. But I when you the the community mm-hmm. aspect definitely that plays into what a Bill Street street could be. So from that angle, yeah, definitely for sure. I think the film yeah. does a good job think- of portraying that. Yeah, I think the community, the relationships, as well as the film was enveloped in jazz music, you know, and then even jazz music in itself is said to be abstract and, you know, taking off of classical music Mm -hmm. and all these different ideas. And I I personally just like understood and felt that it was um, illustrated in a metaphorical sense because it wasn't like you're saying it wasn't like blatantly we're in new orleans or anything like that you mm-hmm. know what i mean it, it, so yeah i took it more metaphorically yeah for sure um so i think that this film for me there were just like pivotal scenes that stuck out to me and like in those pivotal scenes i feel like we learned a lot and we we um gathered a lot of information um and one of those first scenes is that scene where um we find out that uh Fani and Tish are about to have a child and we get that first interaction between Fani and Tish's parents um mm-hmm. and I think that kind of sets up you know some of that that um community breakdown that you know that yeah. family versus the the more relaxed family and the family that is going to not be so judgmental about the fact that there's there's a baby coming into the world because like at the end of the day like it's important to make sure that we're just raising the baby in love and care and not necessarily being it's not about us it's not about image it's about raising the child so I thought that 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 scene kind of opening up the film um was very interesting do you have any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that film or on that and scene, I love, yeah, I love a dinner party scene, like the drama that I just, I just love that setup already. Um, so yeah, I think it very much showed um, how there was a struggle, there was tension, and in what way they would have to each shift and be the community for not only Tish, who was on the outside and pregnant, as well as Fani that was inside and needed their support financially, emotionally. Um, so I'm not saying Frank was right, but somebody need to shut her up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that her. I'm not saying yeah. he's right, but somebody needs to shut her up and put into her head, like, even Tish's mom was like, listen, this is a child. That's going to be your grandchild. So think before you're just reacting and speaking crazy right. to my daughter. That was a, like, because I felt like it was low-key a setup at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understood that it was the 70s. So you're not just going like call and casual. It was like, a, oh, let's host them type thing since we about to be family. Yeah. So that's why, because I was like, let me calm down. Let me calm down. Because <laughs> um, I was like, this felt like a setup. But then like the way that they were talking to each other, but I really like, because I remember even when I first viewed this, you, the truth and reality and like, okay, as long as we, continue with love and they love each other like it wasn't a situation that was I mean it was jacked up but they actually loved each other they actually intended on being together Mm -hmm. and so I think they were just showing the truth of the matter like we're just gonna fight we're gonna continue in love um we're gonna think positively about this and then you know you got the negativity of like oh this could go wrong or we don't know nothing about the little white boy lawyer you know all this stuff like that and so I think 
that setting up gave you like, yeah, I'm going to like fight too. You know, it gave you that fight and wanting to be with the protagonist and the support system surrounding her. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of love, you know, I think, you know, I think often we do get films that center around Black trauma. But, you know, at the heart of this story, I think it's a very pure love story. Um, I think it just has a kind of a tragic subplot, obviously, with Bonnie being uh, accused of rape and being in prison uh, or jail, Mm -hmm. excuse me, as the, the film is playing out. But we do get those flashbacks of, you know, the relationship between Fani and um, Tish. And I think that that, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's the more prevalent plot in the story. Yeah. So I, I think that at its core, this is like a, a, a love story, a black love story. And I think that we'd often don't get that. So I definitely appreciate the film for that. And, you know, yes. even though we do still see, you know, this, this common narrative of, you know, black, the black body being in prison um yeah it's still unfortunately it's relevant it's still relevant today. it is being black in america yeah it was obviously relevant in the 1970s um Mm. so you know i think uh yeah I, I, i just like the dynamic of the two playing um, at the same time. But yeah, I think at the core of this story, you know, we do get a pure love story. And I, I liked, I liked seeing, um, just how in love Tish and Fani were with each other, you know, starting from, it was sweet. Yeah. yeah. From, you know, a young age and then, you know, them working all the way up into their adult age. I think it was just it, it, beautiful to see it play out. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the love piece and I think that's why my heart was breaking so much because like you said there's such an innocence and a purity to their love story and them just trying so hard and um, I think it's still just as tragic when somebody is guilty and that rips apart a family mm-hmm. um, but I think even more so since we see the purity of their relationship like it just hurts so much Yeah. Um, for what they were fighting for and what they could be or could have been um, but then, you know, his in, imprisonment, incarceration, we did very much get the perspective of, you know, the black people within the film, Tish's family, mm-hmm. um, Bonnie's family. But mm-hmm. I thought the piece of the lawyer was a very interesting placement mm-hmm. um, because I think especially during the civil rights era around that time um, in post civil rights era, mm-hmm. there were the few white people that would see the truth. So it was mm-hmm. really interesting that they pinpointed that he was working on the case at first. It was kind of like a duh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll work on it, but how he got involved because he realized how innocent Fani was and how um, um, strategic this was in trying to pin this crime on him. Yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting to see their role and see how like how the whites and or non-blacks just don't care and they're not thinking mm-hmm. of it as a literal body, a literal life. They're thinking of, of, of blackness and they're, mm-hmm. you know, demonizing this thing, um, these people. And so it was just even like, Oh my, the scene where um, Tish's mom goes to Puerto Rico and she's, she's pleading with the woman, like, please, you know, that it wasn't this man, please. They're innocent. They want a life together. And she was like, "Um, you saw him in the lineup, but that's the only time, like, I know you didn't see him. And the lady literally responded was like, well, I saw someone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but you don't like the fact that it's not on your conscience that you may not have the right person. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that was a very, um, I think those scenes were not as prevalent, like their perspective, like I said, but it really just really dug into the truth of how they have the power and how Mm. that affects us and how they see us and how it is so callous and careless Mm -hmm. and 
ruins lives it ruins like familiar structures and so that definitely those themes definitely hit home for me yeah yeah and I think it's also you know obviously I haven't read the book so I, I'm not sure I I assume that the woman that is accusing Fani of rape um, is also a Hispanic woman. So in the movie, you know, it's not a not necessarily a white woman. I mean, she could have been white Hispanic, but you know, I think it's an, it's an interesting dynamic, a choice to make the woman um, a Hispanic a woman and not a a white woman, um, as we know that you know, for decades and centuries, you know, black men have been accused of um, heinous sexual crimes against crimes white women, against white and women. Then, mm-hmm. you know years later it comes out that oh you know this that's not what playing. happened um right yeah, and and like you said there's this blatant disregard for someone's life um mm-hmm. and you know we do get scenes of Fani um in jail and we see you know at first it's not you know he he you know he's in jail you know I, I don't know if anyone's ever been locked up but as someone who's been in jail for a for a period of four days um it's a very dehumanizing experience um and so we get to see Fani and um the different the progression of his his stay in jail his stint in jail and you know at the beginning you know he's kind of just going through the works he looks fine but then you know as the case progresses and his, his court date gets pushed back um he begins to kind of break and crumble um and you know when you are in jail for a period of time that's what happens right you you literally fall apart as a human being as a person um and if you've never experienced that Mm. you can't necessarily understand the weight and the magnitude of what being locked Mm. away is like um and why he takes the plea deal which is a point in the narration where she's like a lot of men they may not be guilty but Mm -hmm. you know the plea deal is is sweeter than continuing to rot and they're like literally just rot in there yeah absolutely and I think um so another scene um that I think illustrates just how horrible of an experience jail and prison is is the scene that we get between Daniel um Fani's old childhood friend and who has just gotten out of jail and they have this conversation um and Daniel's like some of the things um that I've seen that yeah. some of the things that I saw in jail um mm-hmm. I'll be dreaming about until the day I die he's like yes. hey, it was just oh my god yes. and <laughs> that in that moment you're just like damn like this man has and I thought that was a very vulnerable moment because we don't often see two black yes. men having a conversation where they're being vulnerable and I thought that that was um a great scene to see um mm-hmm. you know this black man being vulnerable with another black man about the experience that he had in jail like that shit wasn't it um and yeah. that shit broke me um yeah. and so I think that it's also interesting that we get that perspective from Daniel and whilst we're getting that perspective we see it literally happening to Fani as he's in in jail yeah you see his spirit you know kind of just decline and then we see another like really hard part for me is when she has the it was like a slight contraction and a kick mm-hmm. and she you know bends over and he has to beat the glass to mm-hmm. get bruh I said absolutely I was crying <laughs> I said no yeah so those scenes are just like she said she said that in the opening you should never um I hope you never see someone you love behind glass Mm -hmm. and I was like listen Mm -hmm. listen um but speaking to what you just said um I recently just finished reading Yusuf Salam's uh biography and he was one of the men in the exonerated five okay and he was also accused of rape and Mm -hmm. he was innocent Mm -hmm. um so the parallels in that was really interesting and he himself talked about how 
um, he was from Harlem and everything. And he yeah. talks about how, like, culturally, like, it was nothing if you went to jail, but if mm-hmm. it was, you went to prison, you kind of were like seen as a man and people mm-hmm. would respect you. So he said like, when you would come home from prison, people's like, Hey, you made it out. Da, da, da. Right. You have your party and whatnot. He would say, but beyond that, you know, um, people wouldn't really ask how they were and they right. wouldn't say it. Like they would put up the front, like, yeah, right. I did this. Or, you know, they would try to say, Oh, I ran it in there, you know, whatever they would mm-hmm. try to say. But he said, there was no outlet. There was nothing, um, no kind of resolve or you know um therapy honey nothing yeah 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 yeah. there was no type of resolve there's no type of therapy for what they had seen or experienced and he was saying how much that affects you and it just that book itself is definitely powerful and he talks about such nuance things that I think some some of us may know on a surface level but when he goes into detail about how much that affects you mm-hmm. and, and it, it's just and then the relationships that you have with other people because he had mm-hmm. a girlfriend though he was like 15 he had a girlfriend before going in and he didn't know they didn't know when they were getting out and he just said it was so hard for him to focus he was focused on survival mm-hmm. so for him he was like I can't have an outside relationship right I won't be able to survive so he said you need to stop writing me leave me alone yeah and he just couldn't and so it was interesting to watch if bill street could talk because i'm like they still were going for the family dynamic Mm -hmm. and i'm like and i'm like i don't know how she was surviving i don't know how he was surviving and that's what like is really effed up about the system Mm -hmm. like because you're like emotionally it's just so much it's so much mentally and it it just changes people and it was all because that woman said she saw someone Mm -hmm. yeah um just a just a it's just like a blatant disregard for human life um and i you know i understand when you do go through a traumatic experience sometimes you're you yourself you know this woman was raped like someone obviously raped her so she was going through something as well um but to then not i'm one of those people like when i if i ever go through something traumatic the last thing on earth that i want to do is then subject someone to trauma of any kind right hello i'm just like no like it's horrible like i don't i would not want to pass that on to someone um but i do think there are some people who don't care they're like fuck it you know with the the old saying of hurt people hurt people some people yeah i was about to say they're on a rampage sometimes yeah i got hurt so now it's somebody else's turn um but for me it's that's that's unfathomable like i would never know um so I think, um, yeah, I think when you when you go through um, anything traumatic like that, like being raped or, or being in jail for an extended amount of time, hell, being in jail for a day, like it's trauma, like that's traumatizing. Um, and Listen. If, if you come out and there's, mm. there's no one, you know, no one's asking you how you are. No one's asking you like, what was it? No, there's just, there's no, no resolve, like you said, and you just have to harbor that in. Um, that could fuck you up, you know, and break you down as a, as a person. Um, and then that's obviously going to play out in your life, in your relationships and your job and your work, like all that stuff. Um, and people just, when they're, you know, she's this woman who has, you know, been raped. She is not necessarily considering the life that she can now ruin just because she wants to, um, yeah, 
she wanted to scream instead of give an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, absolutely. and like <laughs> I said, it's a delicate subject because we don't know how this mm-hmm. woman really was feeling right. and if she just was overwhelmed. Because that was one thing that I was like, she should not have touched her. Like, you should never touch somebody after they have been absolutely. through something traumatic where mm-hmm. they were t- touched without their consent. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, she definitely, because I'm like, I could see that triggering her. Like, she mm-hmm. shouldn't have touched her. And that's where it went downhill. I don't even like, know if it was a smart idea for her to go to Puerto Rico. Not, I feel like maybe the lawyer really? should have went. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was the best you said idea. who should have went? The lawyer, maybe. Um, I don't know. Oh, I just, okay. I just felt like, or I, I don't know. Maybe she should have been. But you know, they were, they're big. Like we said, the big thing was love. They were trying to yeah, lead out yeah. of love and coming at a human level. Like they Ooh. were really trying to work that angle and, <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. I did. I didn't get fully in depth, but I did try to look at some things because I thought it was interesting, even that they had to pay all these fees and keep paying. Yeah, paying for like, oh, if you want to research this, you got to pay, mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. even the trip to Puerto Rico, you got to pay. I was like, hold up, like, when did this happen? So I try to yeah. look at certain laws and everything. So I think just because they felt as though maybe the lawyer refused or didn't want to, didn't have the time, and so they were like, well, we know where she is. Um, and if we had to pull resources to try to fight for his life, because everybody was, you know, doing what they could, then I think that's just what they decided. But that's what I, I was looking up some of the legal stuff, because I don't know, um, especially from the defense side, things like that in depth. And I was like, this is a little weird, all this money they got to pay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything costs money, shit. Um, that's what, and that, again, that's why motherfuckers take plea deals, because they're like, the wallet is empty. I don't have nothing left. And that's why people who have money are who have committed heinous crimes are able to get off because they have they have the um their their wallets have the depth, honey. They they absolutely they yes. can dish it out, they can give the cash and they can get off. Um and again, mm-hmm. that's a, that is a fucked up part of the legal system, the justice system is that it doesn't really matter if you're guilty or not guilty. If you have the fucking money, we can make something shake. And if you don't, you are fucked you know whether or not you committed the crime or not um very often and if you're you know you add you know being black being a woman being whatever any kind of marginalized um person the odds are ever not in your favor but one more scene that i also thought was interesting so you know, as we talked that James Baldwin often talks about race um, and the Black experience, I thought that the scene that we get with um, Tish at the perfume counter that she works at, and they time to talk about, you know, the way in which um, men approach her, and they, they um, describe the difference between Black men and white men, I thought that was a very interesting scene um, about, you know, the white male ego and the Black male ego, and just the ways in which they interact with her as a um as you know the 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 host what is the yeah the perfume lady yeah the perfume lady the counter lady (laughs) right um but yeah so she kind of she says that you know the white man will very much you know take her hand um or yeah take her hand with this with the perfume on it and sniff her hand whereas you know the black man will come in for a lifetime yeah okay for he's he's gonna hold on um Mm -hmm. and then with the black man it's quite the opposite he will give her his hand um and then he'll bring his hand back and smell his own hand um so I thought that was interesting um yeah and I I don't you know I mean it's giving you know the white man is giving very much I want to conquer yeah I want to colonize I want to (laughs) 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 um and then you know with the black man is very much giving like dismissive you know I'm better than you um so you know 
it's a very that was just a very interesting because they are both men at the end of the day yeah 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 so i think that's a very um interesting way in which baldwin writes that um and I, i'd be very interested to see if that is in the book and how he illustrates that in the book um from a sociological yeah I, w- I would be interested to know too but even if it was just at it would be interesting to know whether or not it's in the book but even if it was added for the film like i thought it was very like purposeful like yeah, i i think absolutely. it functioned in the way that it should have so i i personally like like the film a lot where mm-hmm. i'm like i don't care if it was or is wasn't in the book because everything moved and made sense to me mm-hmm. like the different mm-hmm. roles even the um the guy that helped them out when they were looking at the loft yeah, slash the studio man. thing mm-hmm. he happened to be jewish mm-hmm. you know what they say about jewish people helping out black yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm like everything was very, <laughs> very specific mm-hmm. very yeah, yeah yeah i appreciated everything yeah definitely um going back to that scene with Daniel and Fani um you know there's a line where Daniel's like this country hates niggas and I was just like dang like I love that yeah. Jamie I, I know that I know that line is in James Baldwin's book because if you know anything about oh James yeah Baldwin, you know that he's very much like he'd be coming at next yeah truthful yeah. about the, the the situation and I that Absolutely. that was another line within the film um and it that took place in a scene where I'm just like, yeah, like it's a very sobering reality, like the lengths at which the systems that manifest in this country go to let niggas know like you're not a nigga, but a nigger. Like you're Yeah, you're literally you are. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and absolutely. to have to and to have to still be able to navigate and to just press on. Like that shit's mm-hmm. it's an exhausting, it's exhausting. Yeah. Period. And um, then even the fathers, both the fathers were hustling, yeah. they were stealing because they're mm-hmm. just like, what mm-hmm. can we really do? Like everybody had yeah. to work. Everybody was trying to pull their money and then it gets to the point where it's like somebody's gonna have to do something illegal. Like you absolutely. know what I mean? To get the money. And mm-hmm. so I'm like oh my god the cycles the cycles so that's why i said this was very much a um um it was a it was a harder watch for me i appreciated it i I felt that it was beautiful everything was truthful and necessary but just like you said actually being a black person Mm -hmm. and actually like sometimes it's just hard like things that you know but those those things those truths being reinforced and especially in like a dramatic cinematic way mm-hmm. it, it's really hard to ingest especially because like I'm just coming off that book and you know yeah. other things <laughs> in my life where I'm like I know this like I yeah. know this thing it's yeah. very close to me so it, it it was a lot but I think it is um it it's an artful way uh to to speak about it and I think it, that's why it got you know it was so critically acclaimed because mm-hmm. it was an an artful way to talk about this truth and it was yeah, it, um even though it was artful it wasn't like there weren't any fillers yeah, you know so it was yeah. really interesting so you you got the truth you got to the point um it was giving you know 13th remember when mm-hmm. Ava DuVernay did 13th mm-hmm. it was giving um when they see us yeah and uh it was giving moonlight since yeah. obviously Barry yeah. Jenkins mm-hmm. and the cinema stuff photographer worked with him on moonlight too like there were just so many different you know things going on that this was just respectable it, yeah, it was a great yeah. film it was i think you it was very artful you know it didn't feel like a cheap sensationalized yes. um, black trauma film it felt like it was yes. i have something to say but we're gonna make sure we do it carefully because this is a, a topic that is sensitive so let's be sensitive mm-hmm. about it kudos to barry jenkins for taking this on um, I think mm-hmm. he does a really good job um it's streaming on Hulu so definitely check it out if you have not seen it um and also read the book if you haven't read the book James Baldwin is phenomenal um read his books 
watch his interviews, listen to him speak. He's a phenomenal speaker. Yes. Um, just a, a great mind. Uh, yeah, so definitely check it out. And until then, we hope you enjoyed. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at Run That Back Podcast. We share our current faves, preview our next episode, and post many episodes about our entertainment interests. While you're at it, leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts.